Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years' experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Today, we're concluding our interview with Jervy Windham, and it was done in front of a small audience. Guys asked some questions, got some pretty astounding answers, ending with the story of how uh, his son that was so troubled that uh, one day he just dropped the hammer on the boy and and sold his car, you know, went out in the street and sold the car immediately. Uh, the young man today is a surgeon that's turned on to Jesus, trying to use medicine as a mission field. Uh, this is going to bless you as a disciple maker, as a church planter, as a, as, as a, as a parent. Uh, enjoy. You know, from a deeper point of view, you look at the story and you look for the problem because that's where the treasure is. Whereas the Western approach to scripture is, is get rid of, get around the problems or issues and, and uh, solve them. But he said, actually, what stands out is what you want to explore because that's where the, the treasure is. So you talking about that, just having a kid that's causing a lot of uh, ruckus or, I guess, yeah, but that's actually God is up to something and rather than being an annoyance. So it's fascinating yeah. Those two things come together. I'm, I'm on a steep learn, learning curve here. Amen. <laughs> you know, as, as David, Amen. as you shared that, I'm thinking um, of the parable of the, the, the treasure in the field. And uh, that, uh, that the, you said the problem is the, the treasure is the problem. And that's that's what I hear coming out of Jervy a lot is uh, he's sensitive to the problems. What I hear out of Daniel, uh, and it seems to me that the, the thing that happened to Daniel is the thing that can happen to me. It's like that woman crying outside of that, that you know, wherever that was at a hotel, that's like offered up on a plate. But getting to the point where we're sensitive enough that we spot the problems uh, without without them being, without somebody crying and, and, and all that, but that we get to the point, you know, early before you got on here, uh, Jerry, show us your shirt. It's right. He he, buy, he buys a shirt from from every business that he that he participates with that has a shirt. He buys the shirt and wears the shirt around town. You know, you wear that shirt into that coffee shop, and somebody's going to talk to you. And yeah. so that's a that's a I'm I'm taking notes on that one because as an introvert, um, I I if I go in and they talk to me, then I'll talk to them. Uh, it, it's harder for me. I've I've made friends. Um, because of porch pirates and because I travel a lot, we get our mail at a UPS store. And uh, pretty much most of the people who work there are from Iraq. Uh, they're, they're usually second generation people from Iraq or third generation. So there's others as well. But the owner is um, Iraqi, probably uh, brought here as a child, raised in the United States. He's got a bit of an accent. And... Um, I irritate him a lot because uh, I've, I've learned to not irritate him. We'll go away and we keep ordering junk from Amazon because my wife and I, basically everything we eat or own 
either comes from Amazon or Walmart delivered to our house. Walmart won't go to UPS, but they, they deliver to our front porch. And um, so we only buy from Walmart when we're there, but she'll buy Walmart other junk hardware stuff online and it's always shipped to UPS. So if we're on vacation, we go in there, there might be 25 packages in that room. So I've learned he doesn't like that. And so we talked about that got us talking. And, um, and now I found out that he's, he's probably uh, 47, 48 years old. He's got a six month old daughter. And so yesterday I, I, I handied myself up and go, so how, how are you enjoying your little girl? And boy, he he lit up like a Christmas tree and started talking to me about how she woke him up in the night at three in the morning, he had no sleep. And and then I brought it back. He was complaining. And I brought it back and I go, yeah, but aren't they fun at this age? And then he just melted. He just started going on. So I'm learning to get over that. Now, I can't go wear a UPS shirt in there, but there's a Mexican restaurant <laughs> that we go to all the time and they sell T-shirts. And I'm going to go there and buy a T-shirt. And and whenever I go in there, I'm going to wear the stupid shirt because I think it'll open up the door to conversations. So these are these are good things. I want to shift over to Bill. What were you thinking while Jervy was talking? Questions you might have for him. Well, I'm really enthusiastic and encouraged by what he's saying. And uh, because that's what I'm trying to do is get in the community and find people or groups or whatever that I can hang out with one way or another, like this journaling class, uh, get an opportunity to talk to him. And, but I think like so much, it's been helpful what he said about just being present. And uh, I think listening, and I'm really trying to do that. You know, we as pastors, we tend to talk and I think we really need to listen and, uh, and that's why I said, like, even this morning when I went to that meeting, I pretty much tried to just listen and to find out where those points were, where people were hurting, so that when I write my journaling that I will read next uh, Saturday, I'm hoping that I'm scratching them where they itch. And, uh, yeah. and again, I would like to turn this opportunity with some of these folks into a connect group where we could sit down and starting off, I just answer their questions. And so I, I think we're kind of on a similar trajectory, but it's encouraging because I feel like I'm doing something that not many people are doing. It's really neat to hear some success. In fact, I even prayed and I'm praying more and trying to fast. And I'm just asking the Lord, you know, I could sure use some encouragement. You know, <laughs> I could really use some sort of success to kind of, you know, keep me going. Because as I was just talking, sharing with somebody else, another ministry person as I'm trying to help this young man I was telling you about. And I just told her, I just said yesterday, I was just pouring my heart out a little bit. I said, man, I spend time and money and resources and effort and all this stuff and things will go along for a while and they'll do okay for a few months or a while. And then they just, just disappear, dive off the board. I mean, I did have a young man that I spent all this time with and help and resources all about, three or four years ago, actually called me and said, thank you. And he was apologetic the way he just sort of dumped on me and, you know, kind of, I don't want to say knife me in a bat, but he just kind of, you know, just, it really hurt me because I was really pouring it into this guy and thought we were heading in the right direction. But then he just really treated me ugly and took off. And 
just out of the blue. But anyway, that's not going to stop me. That's just the way it is, right? So did he, did he call you and apologize, you said? He did. Because that might be a doorway back into his life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I so much thought that that was going to be at first, but we're about an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. And I think he was down in Pittsburgh. So at that point, this guy's flopping here and there. And But, I mean, just I hear what Jervie was saying. So my my daughters, we, we've gotten involved with, there's this, this whole, I would call it a people group. <laughs> They're into riding horses and stuff, and there's a barn. And so I've been... And I believe the Lord gave me, and, and the people that are running it, uh, the woman in particular, they're older. I don't know what age they are, but they're older. And uh, they're supposed to be the least open. But I believe the Lord put her on my heart. And she's usually busy when we're around, but I'm making a point when I have a lot of other things to do to go there and to just talk with these folks. And I just, I, Jeremy, I think this is what you're talking about. I'm just sitting on a, a swing with her husband and just asking him a million questions. Ralph, you say how to get involved with people. I try to shut up and just ask him all kinds of questions that get them talking. And I'm listening, listening, listening. How can I connect with this person? So I just took him some books that he was interested in reading. But I'm hearing where he's from, what kind of work he used to do and what he thinks about things. So I'm literally, I think, going to just ask the lady can I, you guys know I'm a pastor, you know where I'm kind of from. Can I bring a pizza or something over and can we just have lunch or get some food? And can I, you know, because your daughter-in-law was asking me, how did you get out of Los Angeles and be here in this rural area? Could I explain that and just kind of explain and let you ask any kind of questions and try to develop that into the group where we can start talking about stuff. And hopefully we'll bing, bing, bing this whole group because they're so tight. They're all friends. If one comes, and why wouldn't the others come, especially if they're coming to Christ? She likes to organize going out to dinner, and we can't really afford it, but but we go because we're investing in the in the kingdom. I've had the chance, and I don't try to force it or inject it in seeing people listening and asking questions. So that's what I'm doing. It takes a lot of time. Jerry, respond to, to Bill. Yeah, um, I I love what you're saying. I mean, and what you just ended with about it taking a lot of time. Well, yeah, <laughs> time is not I don't I try not to even think about time, I guess, because um, I'm just learning more and more about, um, you know, when you go to mission field, let's just say like Cambodia, for example, you hear people over there like they talk to people for, I don't know, like months and months and months sometimes years you know before yeah. the relationships gets to a certain point where you're able to really share the gospel and really see fruit you know and that's yeah. like a common normal thing and so i just try to remind uh myself and remind the people that the pioneers that we're discipling that you're you're a mission you're a missionary you know time belongs to god you know, maybe you do what God's called you to do in your season. Somebody else may pick it up later on. So, yeah, yeah. You, the, the time thing can be um, discouraging if you're trying to get somewhere. But I think it's important for us to walk at the pace of grace. Grace has its Ooh. own pace and its own timing. And so we just walk at that pace. And, you know, everything that God desires to happen, I mean, we're joining Jesus in what he's doing. So, one thing you don't have to do is ask Jesus to bless what he's doing. 
you know yeah <laughs> what jesus is doing is that's already good. blessed yeah. brother you yeah. know so you know it's us like we need the blessing of the lord so that we can slow down and be present and walk at his pace we need that but what he's doing if we're walking at his pace you know it he already knows what he wants to do in the in the life of that person or that situation that's the reason i stopped worrying so much about planting a church and just focused on just every single heart matters to god and just being present you know in those moments in those spaces and not worry about you know how is this going to look on sunday or you know a year from now what's you know what's critical mass for us uh, who cares you know it's god's church you know, I just want to walk at his pace. I want to do things in step, you know, with him. And so that's that's where our heart is now. When I'm in the presence of another human heart, I'm actually in the presence of someone that Jesus shed his blood for. Now, I know we all yeah. say that we know that. I'll say that I know that. But sometimes I don't act like that. Yeah. So I need to act like that. I need to act like when I'm in the presence of another person, that I'm in the presence of someone that God loves so much that he shed his blood for them. And so that needs to then slow me down and realize I'm in the presence of a valuable asset to the kingdom. Jesus loves this person. I don't care what they act like. That's why I said um, behavior can be a distractor because behavior can cause me to then look at the behavior and not look at the value. Like how valuable is this person to Jesus? Not how crazy is this person acting, you know? You know, so that's the reason that we say it all the time here, like in all of our circles, we say it all the time. Every single heart matters to God. We want to remind one another. We want to stay reminded whenever we're in the presence of another person, we're in the presence of someone that Jesus loves so much. You said uh, behavior can make me distracted from the value, right? Yeah, behavior can can actually cause you to be uh, distracted from the value. It can distract you from so many things. Yes, you know, yes. it's the Mary and Martha conversation. A lot of times when we read, you know, that that story, I mean, we're we're like dialed into her behavior. You know yeah. what I mean? And she's yeah. dialed into her sister's behavior. You right. know what I'm saying? So, so sure. but what's really going on? Jesus knows what's really going on. Right. You know, but we're distracted by behavior. And so yeah. uh, we have yeah. to be really, really careful about that. It can cause us to treat people in ways that um, that they don't really need to be treated at that time just because they're acting ugly or doing whatever it is that they're doing. You know, we That's need good. to slow down and be present and, and and find out, like, Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? You know, if we look at our, our kids and look at our family as a mission field, right? Because that's also, I think, the proper lens in which to engage our family. It really is because, Jesus, what are you doing in my home and how can I join you? Mm-hmm. right? Jesus, what are you doing with my son? And how can I join you? Jesus, what are you doing with my wife? Because Jesus is always up to something. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go into great detail of, of the, the drama that was in my house, but I have one son in particular, my our youngest, he was, I'm telling you, I know it's my imagination, but whenever he would walk in the house, it's almost like <laughs> I could hear Darth Vader music. Like my wife and I, we used to stay in the in the driveway whenever he was home. If my wife was here, she could tell you. We would sit in the driveway and pray because we did not want to go in our own house. Oh wow. I'm so serious. Wow. It was terrible. And there was a time when his behavior so distracted me. And then one day, and if you talk to my son right now, he can remember the exact day when the Lord just, it's just like the scales fell off. Like Wait a minute. This is the first time I'm seeing my son like Jesus sees my son. Wow. 
Holy cow. Why am I fighting this kid? I need to just say what I'm going to say and be done with it. And, and instead of raising him out of fear, I need to raise him out of hope. Like I stopped fearing that, oh, he's going to go down the wrong path. Oh, this is going to happen. Instead, I was like, you know what? God, I know you're up to something. I'm not going to be distracted by how crazy this kid is acting. Lord, I, Lord, what are you doing with this boy and how can I help you? How can I join you? <laughs> you don't need my help, but how can I join you in what you're doing with the son? And I had to make some very tough decisions. And I won't share all those with you right now. Maybe that's for another time. When I say tough decisions, I mean to the degree that my son was not would not talk to me. One day he did something he wasn't supposed to do, broke an agreement. I had to sell his car. I sold it the same day, walked outside, said, hey, who wants to buy a car? Because that was our agreement. I did that. My son right now in May, he graduated medical school. And as a surgeon, he sees that as his mission field. He literally is on mission. Oh, my Lord. Seeing my son at his graduation, he was in tears crying and he was embracing me. He said, Dad, please pray. Please pray that God would help me, that I can join him in what he's doing in our hospital, on our staff. God, I want, I mean, Dad, I really want to just to just give do this for God, right? That's my son. And so I'm saying that what was God doing all this time? The Lord was making a missionary. God, God knew there was a doctor in there. That crazy kid. Wow. God knew. Wow. Yeah, and so that... I was getting, I was getting in the way. Yeah, yeah. I was, I have, I was parenting out of fear for so many years because th that's all I knew. That's, so as a military mean. man, these are the regulations. These are the rules. And, you know, I had this fear, especially being a black man. It's like, you know, coming from where I'm from, I'm from the projects in New York. Like so many of us end up in jail and end up in trouble. And That's... so I had this fear for my son. Yep. And the Lord is saying, wait a minute. Do you realize that you're afraid? Come, rest wow. in me. I am sovereign over all things. Do you know wow. I do not change? Do you know I have not surrendered my throne to anyone? Do you know I'm greater than what your son has gone through, is going through, or will ever go, go through in this life? Do you know who I am? Just be still and know that I am God. Yes. You know? Your son needs to experience the hope, the living hope of who I am flowing outside of you into his life. Mm. And you're not giving him hope. You're giving him fear. You obviously have disciplinary problems with the kid. You can't avoid those. But how did, how did you switch over to giving him hope in the middle of that? Well, even with discipline, I stopped punishing him and I started disciplining him. Just those two, just that right there is a huge shift. I stopped punishing his behavior and discipline became a part of my discipleship for my son. And Unpack it became, that. I had to slow down. I had to be present with him. And I had to, I had to listen to him, which was very painful because he told me some things about myself that I didn't want to hear. But I had to listen to that. And I, I built a relationship with him that it, it, it shifted. My son remembers the day that that happened. Wow. wow. He remembers the very day to this day. And that car that I sold, he's bought that car three times now. It's the only car he'll ever drive, he says. <laughs> <laughs> because it, he, he learned something. Yeah. <clears throat> he learned the consequence, you know, that his actions brings consequences. Yeah. Right. So it, it, it's it, it's amazing. 
it's amazing. But that was a f- the first shift is that I had to learn that, you know, you yes, because discipline is is that's part of discipleship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you 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 bring that in and you I'm gonna stop punishing him. There's I'm gonna, you know, bring him it's the same way. Jesus, what are you doing? Jesus, what are you what are you trying to teach my son? What do you need him to know? And how can I help? How can I join you in that? How can I be a part of that? If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmore.net.